Hi, this is Pastor Joshua Morocco, and you are listening to our King's Central Podcast. I hope you get encouraged. I hope the Word of God brings transformation to your life and empowers you. Thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the Word. Take your Bibles as you're standing. I want you to turn to Philippians chapter 3. Share a few verses with you tonight, starting to read at verse 17 through chapter 4, verse 2. Let's read the word of the Lord. Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we give you. For as I've often told you before, and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And they glory, their glory is their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. Everybody say that. Our what? Citizenship is in heaven. Oh, say it again. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by by the power that enabled him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Therefore, my brothers... You whom I love and long for my joy and crown, that is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. I plead with you, Odia, and I plead with Siddiqui to agree with each other in the Lord. Shoot down to verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. Everybody say it with me. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I will say it again. What? Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not Be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, thank you for letting me be here tonight on a Wednesday night to minister to your people. Thank you for hungry people on Maui that long for you, that want to just come to say thank you on Thanksgiving Eve for all you've done for them, to grow in the knowledge of you and to learn of you. So I pray you will anoint me. Anoint me to speak your word with power. Come on, people. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, come in power. Come upon every person under the sound of my voice, whether they're here or in the parking lot or watching by streaming. Lord, do something in us tonight that will change us and transform us and make us more like you. And we'll be sure to give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. You may be seated. Hey, I want to ask you a question. How many of you have a passport? Raise your hand if you have a passport. How many don't know what a passport is? All right, let me tell you what it is. I got my passport. This is my passport. Now, my wife and I have traveled over 40 nations around the world, uh, and I've got a lot of them marked in this one. My old passport was completely full. Well, see, there's even visas falling out now. Hallelujah. I think that's the one to Israel, if I'm not mistaken. But anyways, this is a passport. Now, what's interesting about passports is when you travel in foreign countries, You must have a passport or they won't let you in or out of the country. It's quite dangerous if you lose your passport. 
In fact, what it does is it lets everybody know that you're a foreigner visiting that particular nation. You take your passport out and you show it to them. They stamp it. And when you leave, they stamp it again to say that you're out of the country. Now, here's what's interesting to me. Did you know you have a spiritual passport? Paul, Paul writes, our citizenship is in heaven. We're citizens of heaven. We have a heavenly passport. And I want to talk tonight on the subject, carry your heavenly passport. Are you with me here tonight? You see, the picture is that we're just visitors here. Our real home is heaven. There was a song we used to sing when I was growing up. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Anybody know that song? Five people. Thank you very much. Well, the reason why Paul writes this is because he wants the believers in Philippi to know who they really are. But he also is concerned because there are some who think they're citizens in heaven, but they're not. And he grieves because some who were citizens of heaven have traded their citizenship for the world. Now look at what he talks about, and he describes them. It's very sad. He says, they live as enemies of the cross. Oh, my, my, my. They... Uh, they, they don't really understand that salvation is not a matter of good works or it's not, it's, salvation comes by knowing the Savior and living for Him and with Him. It's not just, well, I got fire insurance 20 years ago and I can live like the devil. No, 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 no. It's an ever-present relationship. And he grieves because they live as enemies of the cross by what they do. He goes on to say their, destination, their destiny is destruction instead of eternal life. They're on a hell-bound train. Are you still with me? You say, well, I don't believe that. Well, then take a look at Revelation just for a moment. If you don't believe it, look at Revelation chapter 19 just for a second. Oh, my, 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 this will wake you up on Thanksgiving Eve. Here's what it says in Revelation chapter 19. It talks about... The fact that there is, uh, there, there literally is a place called hell. Are you still with me? Are you still with me here? Oh, my, 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 my. It talks there in chapter 20, verse 14 about it as well. Look at what it says. It says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, earth and sky, fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what was done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what he had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire, the lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. My, 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 my. And Paul is talking about this. He says their destiny is destruction instead of eternal life. 
And their God, he says, is their stomach. You go, now what in the world is that? What is he saying? He's saying their God is their appetites. Their number one priority is personal satisfaction. Their appetites rule their lives. Their fallen human nature, this fallen human nature for lust or greed or these, these appetites that come as a part of our fallenness. And what's so sad about it, Paul talks about this in other places. He talks, for example, in Romans chapter 16, verses 17 and 18, keep away from people that cause division, for such people are not, and it's interesting, uh, they're not serving our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they, they deceive uh, the minds of naive people. There are people in the world that have all the right words. They say, oh, I love Jesus. But their actions don't show it. And they use religious jargon to deceive and to make you think they're okay, but they're really bound by their fallen human nature. In fact, he goes on to say their glory are things that sh they should be ashamed of. And their mind, he says, is on earthly things. Their thinking is consumed with the world. You know, you have to understand there is philosophical frameworks by which people think we live in a closed system. That is, all that there is is what you see or touch or feel. Listen to me. There's reality beyond that. God is real. He's very, very real. You've experienced him in your life. He's changed everything. And so oftentimes, especially if you're in the educational systems of our world, they try to rule out God on every occasion. And literally, Paul says he's grieved because there were people who were bound for heaven, but now have lost their citizenship in heaven, and they are citizens of the world. I've got news for you. My home is heaven. I'm thankful that I'm here, but my heart, my home is heaven. Somebody say amen. My pleasure is found in the presence of God. Today I just enjoyed the presence of God. And what is so sad is so many who, who just are deceived by the world's flashing lights miss out on the wonder of joining into the family of God and experiencing afresh His presence, a little bit of heaven on our way to heaven. You see, as an American citizen, I, uh, if I'm in a foreign land and something goes wrong, there is an embassy there. That embassy is, is American territory. The American flag flies on it. So if I can just get to that embassy, I'm in America, even though I'm in a foreign land. Well, I got news for you. God has his outreach places all over the world. It's the church of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. And when we gather together, it's a little bit of heaven. Come on, on our way to heaven. Any citizens of heaven in this house today, wave at me, wave at me, wave at me. You say, well then, Pastor, what is our heavenly passport? What are you talking about? Well, I believe what it is is the characteristics that set us apart from the world. That's our heavenly passport. This passport sets me apart from other people in that, air, 
in, in that air, on that airplane. They have other passports. This is my passport. And I believe that there is very clearly, listen to me, very important. There are certain characteristics about people that have a heavenly passport. In fact, Paul gives us seven of them tonight, and I want to real quickly go through them. First, he talks about you, you be an example of heaven in our world. It's very important for you not to just talk, but live. Live. In fact, he brings this out. He says, Paul, uh, <clears throat> Paul lived out what he believed. And so he says these words to them. Listen to how he says this. Uh, he, he says, join with others in following my example. In other words, he's saying, look, I've lived out before you what it means to be a citizen of heaven, living in a foreign land, this world. I, I, I want you to follow my example. And then he goes on to say, brothers, and take, notes of the, take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. He said, look, there are other citizens of heaven around you. They're living out the same pattern. Take note, you're part of the same family. You're part of the same citizenship, heaven. Then he goes on. And he's literally talking about being like Christ. So that if others follow you, they will become more and more like Jesus. That's the goal for all of us. Are you still with me here? You don't have to live for self. You can live for Christ. Somebody say hallelujah. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Wow. He says that in the book of Philippians. But the third thing you'll notice is that, or the second thing, he's talked about first be an example of heaven in our world. But secondly, he talks about walking in agreement. And he says an interesting statement. And um, what he says is he mentions about two people in the church that are at odds with each other. And he says, agree with one another. Now listen. If you're a citizen of heaven, one of the things you want to do is to be sure that you're walking in agreement with other citizens of heaven. <laughs> now, we're not all going to agree on everything. I know that. But I'll tell you what, in my marriage, if I can find a place of agreement, I've found the place of power with my wife. So I will, I will throw things out to her. I say, honey, what do you think about this? How are you feeling about this? And if we're at odds, we'll pray about it until we come to, into agreement. It's very important for us. As a church, one of the greatest things God's done in this house, in all of our 40 years, we've operated in agreement as a congregation. It's an amazing thing to me. You, you, you may not have understood how amazing that is, but it is a marvelous gift of the Lord because I've seen so many churches destroyed by division and strife. But God in His mercy, it's only His mercy. He's put together a group of loving people that love God and love each other. And even though we may disagree on stuff, we all walk together in agreement. Somebody say amen. That's what it means to be a citizen of heaven. Thirdly, you'll notice that he says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoicing is the accent that you are a citizen of heaven. You say, what are you talking about, an accent? If you've ever traveled anywhere, you can pretty well tell who's from New Zealand, who's from South Africa, and who's from Australia, and who's from Britain. They all speak English, and you can surely tell who's from America. They all have accents. In fact, we have accents here. You know our pigeon accent. 
My son Josh does it very well. Uh, he was born and raised here, so he, he, he can speak that well. I'm not that good at it. But I lived in the Philippines a long time, so I can speak Filipino English real well. I won't do that tonight. But these are accents. You know them. And uh, you can pretty well tell if somebody's a foreigner by their accent. Well, we have an accent as citizens of heaven. You know what it is? We rejoice all the time. Oh, well, that went over real big. Let me try it again. I, I, may, I may not hear the accent very well here in this house tonight. I said the accent of the citizen of heaven is that they rejoice. I said they rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Fourthly, you'll notice that uh, Paul talks about gentleness. Very interesting that he mentions this. He says, let your gentleness, verse 5, chapter 4, be evident to all. Be evident to all. What it does is it reflects your love and graciousness. Wow. It's the kind of disposition God's looking for in us as heavenly citizens. Why? It's because... God's been gentle with us. Oh, listen, I'm going to tell you what. We all deserve hell. But God in his graciousness to us has forgiven us. And so he calls on us to do the same. It's a gentle forbearance toward others, just as the Lord is toward us. Wow. That brings me then to the fifth thing. Are you still with me? Are you learning anything tonight? Oh, this is so good. This is so good. If you're a citizen of heaven, you're going to pray about everything. All right. <clears throat> I said you're going to pray about everything. He says, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. This is verse uh, six, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now, I want you to think about this. This is very, very important. The Lord is near. I said the Lord is near. He is ever-present help in time of need. He, he, he is waiting for you to talk to him. He's waiting for it. And I have found in my own life that my prayer life is the very core of my life. It wasn't always that way. But it has been in this season of my life and throughout my ministry. But when I was a young man, I would pray, but it wasn't something I focused my life on. Until one day I read a little statement in my dad's Bible, if a minister of the gospel doesn't pray two hours a day, he's not worth a dime. And I realized, wait a minute, I haven't put the priority where it ought to be. And I found so oftentimes in churches across this great land, the churches don't pray. Did you know the first thing I did when I preached at Springfield, Missouri, uh, a couple weeks ago? And we became, I became the pastor of that church, and they became a part of King's. That Sunday morning, I got up and I said, tomorrow morning and every morning from Monday through Friday, we're going to have a prayer meeting from 5.30 to 6.30. And I was there. 
18 people showed up, and I was thankful. Next day, 19 people showed up. And I called Pastor Janelle today. She's been leading that. And she said, Dad, people have come to prayer. And she said, in fact, I even called a revival prayer before the Sunday morning service. And we had people come to pray. Now you say, is this, I thought that's normal. Yes, it is for us. It is not normal in churches across America. You say, well, why is it? It's because they un- didn't understand that part of having a passport, a heavenly passport, is to have your heart in heaven. If you have your heart in heaven, what's going to happen? You're going to want to share your heart, your needs, everything you are with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he says something very fascinating to me in verse 7, which ties it into tonight. He says, But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made on Everybody say thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. The sixth aspect of your heavenly passport is thanksgiving. Now, you say, Pastor, why does he tie thanksgiving in with prayer? Listen, I, in my early uh, ministry, when my dad wrote that in my Bible, I began to read everything I could about prayer. I read every book on prayer I could find. And some of the books were really junk. I mean, absolute junk. One of the books that I read said, Look, you, you can't come to pray until you've repented of all your sins and because God's not going to hear you because you're a sinner. And I understand that, you know, God doesn't hear the, the cry of, uh, you know, doesn't, you know, sin blocks our relationship with God. I know that. But, but what I, and so I tried to practice that and I tried to repent of any known thing I could know about. By the time I finished, I was so depressed I couldn't pray. And then it dawned on me. The Bible says, come into his presence with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. So I shifted it. It wasn't that I didn't want to repent. I do repent. I repent a lot. You say, well, you're the pastor. What do you have to repent? Listen, I get angry. <clears throat> I, I, you know, I, I sometimes act unjustly. My wife has to rebuke me. I sometimes spank my kids out of anger and she'd rebuke me and say, Dad, honey, you don't do that. You go ask for forgiveness from your son, your daughters. You shouldn't have spanked them like that. I'm going to mad. You did it wrong. So I had to repent. That's why my kids still love me. Some of you are stupid. You're real stupid. You're on your high horse and your kids know you're a jerk. But you've never asked for forgiveness for being a jerk. So they have this resentment against you. Oh, I'm meddling now. I'm sorry. I got to go on. I'm just telling you, repentance is wonderful. But it's very important to be thankful. Because when you thank the Lord, it produces faith in you. And you begin to rise up and you begin to believe God could do something. Look at what he's already done. Lord, you did this, 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 this. Oh, yeah! You're going to do this for me. So come into his presence with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. 
Be thankful unto him. But then finally, the last thing, if you're a citizen of heaven, you're going to think about certain things. You're going to take in the best of our world. We're not isolated, but it needs to fit a particular criteria. It's that you don't live totally separate from the world in the sense that you don't interact with the world. We live in this world, but we're not of the world. And there's certain things, he says, to think about. He says, look, think about what's true. Think about what's noble, what's honorable, worthy of respect. Think about what's right. God and his character and righteousness and what's just. And then he talks about what's pure. Not, not twisted by evil. Think about those things that are loving, lo lovely, lovable friendly, uh, wow, admirable conduct, you know, worthy of, of considering, you know, the, the way the person acts. And he talks about excellent. Wow. Isn't that something? Think about those things. Embrace good where you find it. And be one who's willing to Think about that and allow those thoughts to come in your life. Not the horrible lusts of our world and the evil of our world that we see so much in the movies we watch and the things we see on the internet and the conversations we find ourselves being in with people I'll never forget uh, recently dealing with some secular young people, people who didn't know the Lord. And almost every other word coming out of their mouth was a very vile word. I've never seen anything like it. You know, I, I'd work out over there, Sam and I'd work out at 24-hour fitness. And I'm just, just, you know, I'm just working out and here's some foul-mouthed people talking just openly. Just foul. I, I want to go up and slap them silly. What are you doing? Did you know every word you said? One day will be spoken back to you by the Lord. You're going to be judged for every word you said. It's, it, it's, it's horrendous. It's, it's an evil thing. And, and what happens in our world, whether we realize it or not, because we live in the world, this junk can permeate our mind. So we've got to focus, and we have to focus on certain things. That which is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, and excellent. Now you see, you say, well, pastor, what's the result of me carrying my heavenly passport? What's the result of me carrying my heavenly passport? Well, if I carry my passport of the United States, I have the entire, whether I realize it or not, the entire power of the United States backs me. When you're carrying heavenly passport, Oh, Jesus. The power of heaven backs you. What's the one thing that everybody in this planet wants? Oh, even, even when the beauty contestants get up and they say, you know, I want, you know, what, what they would want. Oh, well, I want to have peace on earth. Right? Peace can only come if you're a citizen of heaven. Because look at the end result 
of being a citizen of heaven. The result of carrying your heavenly passport is peace. It says the peace of God will guard you. It literally will guard you. You know what that means? When strife wants to take over your mind. When division wants to take over your heart. You know, even, even now during this season of political process where so much is happening, one of the things we have to be extremely careful for is that we don't allow the world to shape our inner person. That yes, we're going to pray and we're going to seek God for His purposes and plans and we cry out for justice and all of those things, but we don't allow our hearts to become hardened. Because He who is the God who has given us heaven as our home, heaven wants to fill our hearts with peace. It guards our hearts. Hearts. And secondly, it says the God of peace will be with you. Do you understand what that means? It means in the midst of struggles, He's with you to bring peace. In the midst of frustration, He's with you to bring peace. All you got to do is say, Hey, Jesus, help me out here. We get so into the situation that we don't even turn to Him in those things. How many times have you had an argument with your spouse and you're, you're, more, you're, you're more concerned about making your point than having Jesus intervene in your situation? The older I got, the more I realized, wait a minute. The Lord needs to help me to know what to say and the Lord needs to help my wife to give her peace and give me peace. And it's wonderful when we let him be in the situation. You're on your job and some, some, some jerk on your job for some reason doesn't like you. And you're going, God, what do I do? Ah. The God of peace will be with you. Lord, I turned this over to you. I don't know how to fix this, but you're the God of peace. So, hello, come fix this situation. See what God will do. Hey. How many of you are going to walk in such a way where your heavenly passport will be seen? Somebody say hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. We really are citizens of heaven. Somebody say glory to God. That's why we can be full of joy, full of peace. Hallelujah. We just need to be committed people to allow heaven to come down. That's why Jesus said, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray for what's in heaven to be a part of our lives today. And we just got to keep the right focus. It's not on ourselves. It's on Him and His will and purpose. And we must, we must decide. I'm going to be an example for others to follow. And if I can be an example for others to follow, then I'm allowing my heavenly citizenship to not only bless me, but to bless others. Somebody say hallelujah. Anybody got a heavenly passport here? If you do, stand to your feet. Come on, lift both hands in the air. and Let's just rejoice for a moment in the goodness of the Lord. Let's just begin to thank you. I hope the word encouraged you. Thank you so much for joining us here on the King Central Podcast. God bless you. Walk in power and walk in the fullness of that which God has given you.